Thanks be to God. Amen. Well, good morning, everyone. It's so good to see you here in the house of the Lord. Amen. And good morning to our live stream. Thanks for joining us this morning. You know, we are in the second week of uh, this new sermon series, Ezra. And uh, yes, Marvin, you have seniority. So I gave you the scripture reading. Um, I'm so glad that Marvin gave us a little bit of history as well, because the story in Ezra has some twists and turns in it. I have never preached on the book of Ezra before, and now I realize why. Pronouncing all of those names and the back and forth of building the temple and all the changes of power, Ezra does not even enter the story until much later on. And I can get a little confused. It's easy to get confused in in the story of Ezra. But the themes within the story remain the same. As we talked about last week, God's promises are bigger than any circumstance we find ourselves in. And in the books of Ezra and in Nehemiah, which were originally one book, God constantly reiterates his providence in the life of his people. And we hear this over and over again. So will you pray with me as we begin this morning? Holy and loving God, help us to be met by you and and your word, O God, and, and the way that we apply it in our lives. Help me, God, to step out of the way, a broken vessel, to be able to proclaim your good news. Touch my mind, my heart, my mouth, my lips, my tongue, that I might proclaim what you would have me to proclaim today, God. And we all ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, King Cyrus, King Darius, and later on we're going to hear a new king, King Artaxerxes, were the most powerful men in the world in the era of the exile's homecoming. Now then, I have to tell you that uh, Pastor Sean, if you've not heard the announcement, Pastor Sean and Brittany are expecting a child. And we're, we're sending them our congratulations. And yesterday he told me that Artaxerxes is out of the running for the name. The Persian Empire stretched from Africa and Southern Europe to China. And it was the center of economic, military, and cultural power. Thousands of tribes, nations, and people groups were conquered citizens of the Persians, just as Pastor Marvin talked about. Yet amazingly, all three of these kings helped a small tribe of exiles from a small geographical area in the empire. All were used by God to bless the Jews, making decrees for their freedom and provision for the Jewish return home. Even though these kings were not Jewish, they were used by God. So that brings us to our question for today. Who does God use? Who does God use for God's purposes? You know, I used to love to travel. When I was younger, it was exciting to go to the airport and get to my gate and anticipate boarding the plane. I welcomed the hospitality offered by the crew. I felt special and important as I got on that plane, and that was before 9-11, of course. 
Air travel changed after that horrific event in our nation. Now air travel is anything but exciting. Can I get an amen from a few travelers out there? You all but have to undress when you go through security. And there seems to be no pleasant exchanges. There seems to be no laughter. It's all business as they rush you through the security line. With all of this, you would think that being joyful and made being special, going through the airport security is impossible, right? Yet God uses improbable people to do impossible things. Can I hear an amen on that? God uses improbable people to do impossible things. Bob Goff, a great storyteller and one of my favorite authors, shares a story about a man named Adrian in his book, Everybody Always. And Adrian did the impossible with people over and over again, three minutes at a time. You see, Goff shares that with his busy travel schedule, being an author and going to speak in numerous places, he continually met the same man who worked TSA. And he observed the same thing as he went through security each time. He said this. He said, no matter who he met at the front of the line, Adrian always treated them with love and respect. The people in line could have been distracted by the events in their lives, frustrated by the wait, sad at leaving or excited about arriving. It just didn't matter because Adrian greeted everybody with his quiet and sincere brand of love, which made things somehow much better. Goff decided he wanted to meet this man. So the next time he was going to go through security, he made a decision that he was going to introduce himself. And so he said, hi, I'm Bob. And I've passed you a dozen times, and I just wanted to thank you for the way you treat each person in line. It's really amazing, he said. The way you treat people reminds me a lot of the way that Jesus loved. Goff said Adrian broke all protocol, stepped out and just gave him a big old hug in the middle of this TSA line and started to cry a little bit in his chest. And he said he wondered what the line of people behind him thought they were going to have to do. But a friendship was made. They became good friends and it made a lasting impact upon both of their lives. God uses improbable people to do impossible things. Big or small, God will use us to change the world, even if it's three minutes at a time. Even though King Cyrus was not a Jew himself, he was used by God to change the future of the Hebrew people. In fact, if you read through the stories of God's people, God often chose the most improbable people to carry out his mission, right? In the Old and New Testaments alike, there's something marvelously improbable about the people of God. In the Old Testament, God begins with a man aged in years who has no children and owns no land. But God chose this particular wandering Aramean, and 4,000 years later, Whole nations trace their lineage back to him. Likewise, in the New Testament, the Lord began with a handful of Galilean nobodies. 
By human standards, they had no power, no importance, and no influence. In short, they were, by any ordinary standard, insignificant. And yet, taken as a group, Jesus' 12 disciples are arguably the most famous group in history. They are portrayed in more paintings, windows, and statues than any other collection found. Around the globe, hospitals, churches, and cities, and countless people are named after them. And if you think about the story we're in right now, the people of Judah, how feeble did Judah look as Babylon and Assyria was bearing down on them? Yet to this day, Jerusalem and her inhabitants still stand. Who will God use to fulfill God's purposes? Abraham, who's a wandering nomad. Moses, a murderer and an escapee. David, the youngest and the smallest of seven sons. Mary, a teenage unwed mother. Paul, a zealot and killer of Christians. King Cyrus, King Darius, and King Artaxerxes. They are kings of a different time and place where power shifted as fast as the winds on a spring day or here in St. Louis, snow or sunshine. Yet God uses them for God's purposes. You know, sometimes God will use people in our lives to change our course. Some of those people won't be a part of a community of faith. Some of those people might seem like the most unlikely person that God would use. And yet we can see God's hand in the work of it all. People like Oscar Schindler. Oscar Schindler. I'm sure you remember the film based on that true story, Schindler's List. He's a German businessman and Oscar Schindler decided to use Jews in his machine factory during World War II. Jews were cheap labor for Schindler and would gain him a better profit at the time. And however the Jews were used for labor, they would not be sent off to concentration camps. And person after person built a relationship with Schindler and he would write their name on a list to be able to bring them to work for him and he, they would no longer have to go to the concentration camp. A shrewd, wealthy, and powerful German businessman who was also a member of the Nazi party, by the way, saved the lives of hundreds of Jews. The least likely person was used to do the impossible and to change the world. God uses improbable people to do impossible things. People like Bruce Springsteen. Rock and roll. Does anybody know who Bruce Springsteen is? Just checking. Marvin, do you know who Bruce Springsteen is? All right. He is one of my all-time favorite musicians and rock and rollers. 
Did you know that Springsteen had a great impact on bringing the Berlin Wall down? I recently found an article that highlighted the events that took place. You see, it all happened 16 months before the Berlin Wall fell in July of 1988, when Springsteen went to East Germany to do a concert. Not only did Springsteen have ecstatic East Germans screaming their lungs out to born in the USA. You know that song? It's not in the hymnal. He also opened his four-hour concert defiantly with Badlands, a song that East Germans might have felt referred to their country, and then went on to play Chimes of Freedom right after delivering this courageous speech. He said, I'm not here for or against any government. I've come to play rock and roll for you in the hope that one day all the barriers will be torn down. For East Germans locked up behind the Berlin Wall, it was an unforgettable address and an incredible liberating moment. An American rock star telling 300,000 people that he came to play for them in the hope that barriers would be removed. In fact, one official said, after hearing him say these words and after being at the concert, that he predicted it would bring down the wall without one shot fired. The power of this concert helped East Germans believe that one day their wall might be torn down and things might be different. Springsteen was one of many musicians who influenced the culture of East Berlin, leading to the breakdown of the wall. The unlikely influence of Western rock music helped change the world. God uses people improbable people, people of little authority or people who have loads of authority, people of great means and people of little means, people of strong faith and people who question faith. God uses people. Who is God using in your life? Think for just a moment. Who is God using in your life to help you fully know God's love and God's care? Who is God using to help you accomplish the impossible in your life? Jesus told story after story, didn't he, of improbable people doing impossible things. Who did Jesus use? to feed 5,000 people on a hillside looking over the Sea of Galilee. He used a little boy, didn't he, who had five fish and two loaves of bread. The impossible to feed all of those people. And yet it was accomplished. Who did Jesus use to teach hospitality and love as he traveled through Jericho. He looked up in this tree and he saw this little guy looking out upon the crowd as he went through. He said, Zacchaeus, I'm going to go to your house today. Zacchaeus was a 
much disliked tax collector and probably the most improbable person to pick for that day. And yet, it changed the community and it especially changed Zacchaeus. Who did Jesus call to feed his sheep and feed his lambs as he was leaving this, this world? A ragtag fisherman who denied him just three times. Peter. Improbable people who did impossible things through the love of Christ. You see, God will do impossible things through you. God will do impossible things through me. If only we offer ourselves in service to one another, God will use improbable people, people that we would never think of, to bring about his purposes. It may take a lifetime, and it might only take three minutes, church. Who will God use? Who will God use next? Will you pray with me? Holy and loving God, help us to see your work in the world around us. Thank you for those who you have used to change the world. Help us to be your vessels, God. Help us to respond in the ways that you call us. Help us to see your hand when we might not be looking for it even. Help us to be your voice, your grace, and your love. And we ask this in the name of Jesus. And all of God's children said, amen. I invite you to stand now and sing underneath your mask some words of a beautiful hymn that is a favorite, I believe. Amazing Grace.